You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast. We hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode, the complete game recap from the Broncos-Rams matchup. Broncos fall short on a comeback attempt, 17 points unanswered in the second half to come up short 23-20 against a very, very good Los Angeles Rams team. That was yesterday's show on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Today on the episode of Locked On Broncos, we're going to be taking a look at some of the performances from that game from a pro football focus standpoint. Segment number Number one features an offensive focus on how they did offensively the summary who's the top five who's the bottom five performers in this game according to pro football focuses premier statistics and segment number two features the defensive side of the ball and the premier statistics from pro football focus I want to thank them for allowing us to use these on air over here at lockdown broncos and we're going to close out the show segment number three a periscope question and answer from broncos fans and nfl fans around the nfl community we'd like to thank the sponsors of tonight show my bookie and blue chew we'll talk about them here in a little bit here tonight on the podcast but i'm your host cody rourke nfl analyst covering the broncos and the national football league as well as a columnist over at predominantlyorange.com where you can download the app in your google play or your apple store the predominantly orange app and you will receive notifications sent right to your phone the moment an article or an analysis or an opinion piece is published and you could get that right on your phone very very convenient very interactive check out the predominantly orange app in the store and, and check out the predominantly orange twitter handle at predom orange don't forget to follow the locked on broncos twitter handle at locked on broncos so without further ado let's kind of dive right into it going into the pro football focus offensive summary for the Broncos game. Now, Broncos obviously coming off that loss, 23-20 against a very, very good Rams team who had a very good defense. The Rams, offensively going back, they they operated really well, but to be honest with you, going back and just watching what we've seen from the previous five weeks from the Rams, they at that point didn't execute the way that we are normally used to seeing the Rams execute. And Sean McVay said it. he put them in a lot of situations that he wishes he didn't have, you know, he, he wouldn't have done. So, but you know, he gave the Broncos a lot of credit. You know, the Broncos right now, there's a lot of frustration around Broncos country key so right you know it's rightfully so frustration when you're not winning games you get a little frustrated coaches you know they become under the microscope 10 times more players got to play but you know what the the culture the direction has to be on the coaches I get it I get the frustration so you know Broncos on a short week we were not able to set a crossover show up with the locked on Cardinals guys apparently our schedules don't work I'm only available in the evenings they're only available early in the mornings I I go to work at 5 a.m. so unfortunately we won't be able to do that so Cameron Parker and I will be doing a game preview show tomorrow here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast maybe talking a little bit about the Cardinals what we've seen from them on film on the game tape and then on Thursday you're going to get a pregame show leading up into kickoff when the Broncos travel to the road Arizona to take on the Cardinals Thursday night football short week turnaround can the Broncos bounce back Von Miller came out in the media today and he said you know he, he said we're going to kick their ass so you know I, I mean, that might be a motivational thing I hope so but you know you know you can't say things you know you got to go out and do it. And the Broncos have yet to do that defensively from a lot of areas. So they really have to do a better job of that this week. And you know what? There might be some conf- 
confidence there going on the road, but you got to go against Larry Fitzgerald, J.J. Nelson as well, David Johnson, who likes to split out in the slot a little bit. So we'll preview that tomorrow on Lockdown Broncos. So let's look at the top five for the Broncos' offensive summary regarding their performances against the Los Angeles Rams. That very talented defense. Your number one overall graded player is your center, Matt Paradise. He graded out really well, 86.5 overall offensively. His pass blocking was very key with an 84.1 grade, and he was in on 50 attempts where he had to pass block. And and his run blocking percentage was graded out at an 88.4. He was there on 16 attempts. The Broncos only ran the ball a total of 17 times. He was in. He had he had key blocks on 16 of those plays. He graded out pretty high. You know, I'd say this week he had a really good game. He's been one of the most consistent guys outside of Connor McGovern. Those two guys have been the anchors on the old line this year for the Broncos. No surprise there. He comes in at number one. And Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay. You know, the Broncos didn't run the ball that well. They didn't run it that much, to be honest with you. 17 total times the entire game. Phil Lindsay comes in at number two. He was in on 20 total plays, 15 of those plays being on passing situations. He had a pass pro one time. He is in on four running plays, four carries, and he didn't have to run block at all. So he graded out as the second highest player with a 75.9 grade. Not too bad, really, to be honest with you. In the passing game, effective with the with the short uh, you know arrow route, the quick screen, the bubble. He was effective in that with an 81.9 overall grade. His pass blocking was eh, it was okay. It was mediocre. It wasn't where it needs to be. It was at 68.8. And also in his running game, you know, the, the Rams did a very good job of squeezing down the, the A gap, the B gap, and also playing contain on the outside really well. And he graded out 67.9 in the run. So, you know, they're, you know, with Phil Blinsey, the Broncos, they found themselves down in the third quarter by essentially 17 points so at that point you look at that you kind of have to shy away from the run in the second half when you're down by a big margin so they really didn't run the ball that well late in the game they did a drop play to Devontae Booker in the fourth quarter and it led up to the next play being Demarius Thomas touchdown catch from one yard out you know back to tiptoe double two feet in the end zone things like that so you look at that and a guy with a really good bounce back game as well Demarius Thomas you know he, he was in there for 48 snaps three 39 of those were in the passing he ran 39 different routes there he he was in on nine blocking plays in the run game. You know, at, at that point, you go back, he graded out 74.7 overall in the passing game, 71.8. That touchdown catch, he didn't really see a lot of him. He had a couple catches late in the game. Didn't see a lot of him early on, but when it, they threw the ball to him, he made plays when it mattered most. That was huge. You know, Cortland Sutton did a good job for the Broncos as well, generating some of those P.I. calls. So it kind of set a lot of things up for the Broncos. His run blocking was pretty good at 78.1, going up against Marcus Peters quite a bit. So that was his matchup that he drew pretty much the entire game at that point. Coming in at number four, you have Garrett Bowles, your left tackle, who has been under the microscope very much. He's given up, you know, six holding penalties on the year. He's given up a couple sacks. Uh, he's only given up two sacks, to be honest with you. So, you know, he looks bad technique-wise, and that's something Mark Schiller's kind of pointed out on the broadcast, but he came out, he had a pretty decent game. Now, I wouldn't say he had a great game, but he had a decent game. Grading out overall, offensively, 69.6. Passing block, you know, he, he did a pretty good job for the most part outside of the first play of the game where the outside linebacker rushed, stemmed inside, knocked the ball to Case Keenum's hands. Case Keenum picked it up, threw it, almost intercepted. It was incomplete. He graded out 68.8. And then run blocking, 66.8. When you play a really good team with a great D-line and great flowing inside linebackers that you see quite a bit, I think there's a lot of different things that you can do differently when, when especially making these adjustments. 
And to top things off at number five here on this list, Emmanuel Sanders had a huge game for the Broncos overall. His big year continues despite the struggles at quarterback for the Broncos. And, and looking at Emmanuel Sanders, he was in on 56 total snaps for the Broncos offensively, and 45 of those were running routes. He graded out at a 68.7 overall offensively, 69.9 in the passing game. Big catch in the first quarter for him as well. Unfortunately, you know, he couldn't convert that into a touchdown being down contacted at the one penalty brings it back a little bit he had a penalty that kind of impacted his grade uh you know I, I i don't know i just go back and i look at this game emmanuel sanders continues to have a big year for the broncos and a big year overall for him and you know you see people on twitter talking about oh you should bench emmanuel sanders that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever i don't think there's any benefit in doing that at all so kill that narrative he's number five an honorable mention let's give our guy Cortland. Sutton, the rookie wide receiver, a shadow. 35 total snaps. He was in on 30 passing plays, five run plays. He graded out 68.2, 66.3 in the pass game. His big target radius allows him to go up, levitate over DBs, catch the ball, drop PIs, and he was really big in the run blocking game for the Broncos. Graded out 88.5. That is better than Matt Paradise, who finished out overall number one. And, you know, he had one penalty. I thought it was a, you know, a ticky-tack penalty. I don't know why they called it on him. Unfortunately, it was on that screenplay uh, to Philip Lindsay. They called him for an illegal blocking. I, I, th- I thought that was ridiculous I thought that was BS but you know what who am I to say that you know the referees they make their calls um now we got to go to the bottom five here and we're gonna start with a very very bottom bottom guy no surprise Max Garcia if he has to start the Broncos are in trouble look for Sam Jones to play a little bit against the Cardinals on Thursday Max Garcia 44 total offensive snaps 36 in the run in the pass blocking game eight in the run game he graded out with a low score of 41.6 pass blocking Absolutely concerning. 27.5. Very, very concerning. Run blocking, 47.9. He's not very good. He had a really bad holding call, too. So uh, I can see why he's at the bottom. He's not a good player. The Broncos have, you know, Billy Turner, Elijah Wilkinson that can swing. You have Sam Jones as well. Those guys, in my opinion, are 10 times better than Max Garcia. He grades out at the bottom. And, you know, it doesn't help that the guy guy who started, you know, the previous week before him, he's had a pretty good year. He comes in at number 19, Connor McGovern, 49.6. He graded out as a 24.6 overall in the pass blocking game. And, you know, you have to factor that in with. Aaron Donald, Ndamukong Sue, those guys that are playing really good football for the Rams. And I just go back and I look at that game film, and those guys had a very, very good day against the Broncos O-line. They didn't really get to Keenum as much as the Jets did or other teams have, but they definitely caused a lot of pressure. Case Keenum had to throw. He had to run and throw. You know, they, they wanted to go a little bit more quick in the passing game in order to kind of neutralize that. So those guys had a, had a pretty good game against the Broncos O-line overall outside of Matt Paradise, who actually played the best game out of all the Broncos linemen very uh, big shout out to Matt Paradise but yeah and then Matt Lacoste coming in at tight end 27 total snaps 18 in the passing game 9 in the run game 52.8 overall 52.4 in the pass game 60.1 in the run blocking game there was a pass that was really outstretched I think it was an out route 10 yard out route to Lacoste that Case Keenum kind of overthrew him didn't really give him a chance to make it so uh, those are things we got to look at there Royce Freeman he comes in at number 17 with 25 total snaps 12 
12 in the passing game, 9 in the run game. He pass blocked on one of those. His pass blocking on that one pickup was graded out as 74.7 overall. Overall for him, Royce Freeman finished 55.1 overall in the grades, 57.5 in the passing game. These are not very good numbers. Very not, you know, but they're not in the red, they're in the yellow. So there's a lot of things the Broncos got to do overall, pass blocking wise, running backs picking it up. You know, it's even just hitting the hole. I thought the Rams did a very good job defensively at plugging where the Broncos wanted to run the ball on the outside on stretch plays as well as inside B-gap and C-gap runs. They did a very good job squeezing it down with those anchors they have on that D-line. Jeff Hireman, number 16, came in at a 55.2. In the past blocking game, he did pretty decent. He had a better week this week, 77.0, and that was on eight pass plays that he had a block in for. He did a pretty decent job in those reps there, 66.7 overall in the run blocking game. But he grades out in the passing game as a receiver, 49.4. So not very good for the Broncos. Got to do a lot of different things. Got to get a little bit better in terms of some discipline stuff there. You go back on film, he whiffs on a couple of blocks. Those things have to change if the Broncos want to have some success against the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football, which is just 48 hours away. We'll have you covered with a pregame show, a preview show tomorrow, and then a pregame show on Thursday leading up into kickoff. But before we jump into that, in next segment number two, we're going to look at the defense, and we're going to talk about the defensive grades. But before we jump into that segment of segment number two, let me tell you guys about my bookie, the sponsor of today's show. And with my bookie, you can discover a wide variety of ways that you could win cold, hard cash today. Day. My bookie, they feature an awesome variety of highly interactive features like making live bets during a game or even betting on the total number of fantasy points a player may score in Sunday's matchups or Thursday's matchups. You know, you can check it all out with my bookie. Don't wait. Go over right now to my bookie and make a deposit. When you do that, they will literally match you dollar for dollar when you use promo code locked on 25. That's one word locked on 25. And if you make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, my bookie, they will throw you an additional $25 of free play. So add your money, stack your cash with my bookie. Once again, visit mybookie.com and use promo code locked on 25 to get in the game and make money today. All right, jumping into it, segment number two, we're going to take a look here at the Broncos' defensive side of the ball. Their overall summary, how they played, there were some areas where they did improve quite a bit, and there were some areas where the team really struggled. So let's start off with the defensive bottom five for the Broncos. Zach Kerr, he was in on 24 total defensive snaps, 15 against the run, nine pass rush attempts, and he graded out with a very, very, very low score of 34.5, and that was over overall defensively his rush defense he didn't grade out that well Todd Gurley ran wild over the Broncos run defense once again another 200 plus yard rusher can the Broncos stop David Johnson on Thursday night football that remains to be the question here but rush defense 36.9 overall in the run grade he did not do very well there tackling he couldn't tackle as well the Broncos defense overall couldn't tackle that's a 26.6 overall grade for Zach Kerr pass rush attempts on when he had nine pass rush attempts he graded out a 55.1 overall he had one total tackle and that's just not enough to get things done he didn't do a very good job there so the Broncos really hurting there I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos look to activate you know a a guy on the practice squad Jeff Holland with Shane Ray's injury going on the Broncos need some help on the D-line you know a lot of it too when you go back on film inside linebackers aren't filling on their gap responsibility they're getting caught underneath especially pursuing outside stretch plays but more importantly the D-line they're striking and they're not getting off their blocks they're not striking their gap shade or control 
controlling it. They're stabbing their arms, they're striking with their hands, and then they're staying stuck inside the same gap. There's no penetration, there's no cut, there's no shedding of blocks. They're really struggling in that department. So that's kind of concerning if you're a Broncos fan. And the Broncos, for two consecutive weeks, given up over 200 plus yards rushing to a rusher. That cannot happen. Both career highs for Isaiah Crowell and Todd Gurley. And then you have a very good running back in David Johnson, who is a fantasy football stat stuffer. So, you know, you got to be really worried about that coming into a short week. They got to do a lot of things differently. They really got to short things up on the D line. Von Miller came out, like I said earlier in the show. He had that quote saying, We're going to kick their ass. We got to see it. Let's talk more action. And I think the Broncos had a little bit more success in stopping, you know, the rushing attack a little bit and getting pressure on Jared Goff by going to their over front that they utilize on the defensive line. You got to go a little bit away from those nickel teams, nickel packages, but more so when you do that, you don't, you, you have a lot of coverage mismatches on your inside linebackers. You can't really afford to, especially when you play zone defense like the Broncos play. So Zach Kerr, he graded out the lowest 34.9, Shaquille Barrett 43.9 overall, and in the tackling game he couldn't tackle as well either 25.4 he had one total tackle as well number 17 you have Justin Simmons grading out overall at the free safety position he was in on 74 total snaps 38 against the run 35 against the pass in coverage 51.1 overall his rush defense he was decent 61.5 his tackling he couldn't tackle as well 26.5 he's got to break down he's got to do a better job of filling his lane breaking down and and wrapping up so many guys try to make the kill shot hit and guys like Todd Gurley and David Johnson bounce off that kind of stuff. It doesn't affect them. They're very agile and elusive. Justin Simmons has to do a better job from the safety position of tackling as well. In the pass rush game, 60 grade overall. In coverage, he graded out 50.9. You know, he was, well, let's see here. He was targeted twice. He gave up two catches for a total of 56 yards. The longest catch after uh, reception was 21 yards. He gave up a 44-yard total catch and run, and he allowed a, a quarterback rating against him of 100. 18.8 on those two receptions against that. So that's something that he's got to really show up with. He's, he's definitely been a letdown this year from the beginning of the year. He had a very strong start to the season. He had a very decent preseason and then a regular season so far. Simmons is struggling very mightily right now. So the Broncos, Will Parks might, you know, he might make a move and he might try to sneak in and maybe steal that spot there. The Broncos, I feel like are really missing a guy like Jamal Carter this year who's out for the year with a torn hamstring. Number 16, you got middle linebacker Brandon Marshall, 62 total snaps on the field, 28 against the run, 30 in pass coverage. He graded out 52.8 in pass coverage, 62.1. His pass rush, 65.7. But overall tackling, he wasn't that great either. He's better than the other guys we just mentioned, 52.0. That's kind of orange. That's kind of that Fiesta orange. It's some caution. Against the run, he was 43.6. He has been absolutely horrible against the run. He's been one of the weakest spots on the Broncos defense. And unfortunately, I hate saying that because he has had value to the organization over here. So you know, I, at this point, I think the Broncos might look to go a little bit more with Josie Jewell down the road. Don't be surprised if you see that, especially starting on Thursday. If the Broncos lose again, go back and look. I, I guarantee we're going to see more Josie Jewell. And then Domitop Beko, he graded out at 15, 54.7 overall, 72.3. He had a decent day tackling. But other than that, getting to the quarterback, pass rushing, 53.4 overall. He had three total tackles in this game. Um, now we're going to get into the top. 
top five here. Number one, he's a guy that had a phenomenal game, in my honest opinion. Very excited about what he was able to do. He impressed me. He had 30 total defensive snaps. He made the most of those in those certain packages. He had 11 passes in coverage, 86.6 overall grade defensively, 74.9 tackling, pretty good. And then his coverage was 84.9, pretty decent. He was thrown at two times, didn't allow a single reception, had a pass breakup. So NFL, Jared Goss quarterback rating when throwing to Will Parks was a 39.6 in this game. Very, very big game for Will Parks. DeMonte Thomas can't stay healthy. So at this point, look for more Will Parks down the road as we go. Number two, Todd Davis. A guy, when you watch during the game, you're like, man, you know, the Broncos inside linebackers aren't doing that great. Really with Todd Davis, it's tackling. It really is tackling. He graded out 82.8 overall with 55 total defensive snaps, 35 against the run, 20 in pass coverage. I don't like the middle linebackers dropping in the pass coverage. When they play zone defense, guess what? They have to do it. So, uh, you know, you drop to a zone, I think you might be a little better off there. In pass coverage, honestly, he did okay. He did an 89.4 overall. He was targeted twice. He allowed one reception for four yards. That was it. And at that time, he had also six tackles. So he he had one missed tackle where he did. He had two key stops. But overall, you know, he's got to get down. He's got to do a little bit better job in breaking down and, and making tackles, especially in the run defense. You know, two weeks in a row, the Broncos interior linebackers have struggled against the run. And a lot of it is on the D line. But at the same time, your inside linebackers have to be there to clean up so uh, no surprise our, our three and four guys are your two outside backers your pass rushers Bradley Chubb coming in at number three 79.1 overall when rushing the quarterback he had a 76.6 grade overall he had total he had six total pressures three sacks three hurries against Jared Goff he had two tackles as well he had four key stops on third down for the Broncos that was very key for Garrett uh, for Bradley Chubb coming into this game against some very talented offensive players on the that Rams offensive line and you know a quarterback like Jared Goff who has been playing very well you know he had I'd probably say he may have had his worst game of the year against the Broncos or it could have been against the Rams the Seahawks um, last week you know I I don't know Uh, I just think that overall Bradley Chubb big big game he stepped up big time against a very good team when the Broncos needed him to do so and it paid off there now Von Miller he's number four 52 total defensive snaps that's one less than Bradley Chubb 26 those were against the run 24 were pass rush attempts two were in coverage and they dropped him back twice into coverage which the Broncos I'm sorry you never drop your guys Bradley Chubb or Von Miller you should never drop them into pass coverage period plain and simple you shouldn't do it so Von Miller was targeted one time and there was a catch for 14 yards and that was a 118.8 quarterback rating against Von Miller in coverage let Von Miller pass rush the quarterback he had as well five pressures he had two sacks three hurries overall he had two tackles in this game he had four key stops as well well, combining with Bradley Chubb, that's the Broncos pass rush for you. Very, very effective. Shelby Harris went out with an injury at nose tackle. He had 18 total snaps, seven against the run, 11 in pass rushing. He graded out 74.2 overall and a 71.8 overall against the run. His tackling was decent, 69.4. And then in the pass rushing department, he finished out with a 61.7 grade. So that marks out your top five for the Broncos. In terms of the Broncos defensive performance and how they played against the Rams, We're going to get all the analysis on next week's episode of Locked On Broncos on Monday. You're going to hear that, that the pro football focus grades and recap on Monday's episode because the Broncos play on Thursday. So you have a post-game report on Friday 
following the Broncos game against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, before we get into segment number three, we're going to go live on Periscope. We're going to take fan questions and comments, and we're going to give some analysis, some recap from them on Periscope at Cody Work NFL on Twitter. But before we jump into that, let me tell you about Blue Chew, who sponsors the Lockdown Broncos podcast. You can now increase your performance inside of the bedroom, and you can gain that extra confidence that you've been looking for. Have you, alongside other many men, struggled with punching it in when you're in the red zone inside of the bedroom blue chew can help you out with that now blue chew brings you the first ever chewable tablet that features the same active ingredients that you see in viagra and see alice so you know they work and you know that they're effective and one of the best features about blue chew is that you can take them at any time of day or night and you can even take them on a full stomach whenever you are ready to go they work up to twice as fast as a pill and they are prescribed online which means you don't have to worry about awkward visits to your doctor's office and you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy any longer because they ship it directly to your door in a discreet package and listeners of Locked On Broncos can receive their first shipment of Blue Chew free and discreet to their door by using promo code Locked On when you go to checkout all you do is you pay $5 shipping and the rest is free your first order by using promo code locked on is free check out bluechew.com use promo code locked on at checkout they are better and a cheaper and a faster alternative choice that will help you put up points in the red zone when you are ready to score bluechew.com as well if you're interested in sponsoring the locked on broncos podcast if your company is looking to advertise or find a new way to reach customers your company could be mentioned right now here on the lockdown broncos podcast it is proven Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their podcast. That's how I do it. I interact with a lot of guys, a lot of different companies, a lot of different sponsors out there based on listening to a podcast. So our demographic at Lockdown Broncos is a 98% male audience. So have your company email me, or if you're interested, email me at denverbroncoslockedon at gmail.com today to be a sponsor of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. All right, we're jumping into our uh, Twitter Tuesday episode of Lockdown Broncos, segment number three. We're going to be talking about some Broncos news, some Broncos questions given to us by the viewers of the Lockdown Broncos Periscope broadcast here on this beautiful Tuesday day. Long day. Von Miller has a lot of confidence. Came out today in the media, said that we're going to kick their ass when talking about the the Cardinals. I like that, but now you got to prove it. So, uh, you know, we're going to take the Periscope right here. The, the comments, the listeners, the viewers, we're going to take their Broncos questions and we're going to address them here in our segment here. Final segment of tonight's show, Locked On Broncos. You'll have the full-on podcast in your library available here in the next hour. And then you can listen to it on your way to work. So uh, let's see. White Boy Rasta, when talking about Von Miller and his comments, says he's got a ball now. Yeah, I thought this was a week that Von Miller did a very good job. Bradley Chubb did a very good job. The Broncos overall, people don't talk about it enough. Everyone's saying Von Miller disappeared. He hasn't shown up. But, man, I tell you what, you go back frame by frame, you watch some of these games, the amount of times that Von Miller is being held and it's not called is astonishing to me. Yet they want to penalize a guy for pointing at a guy saying, I got you, after he mosses him on a catch. They want to penalize him for taunting. The NFL right now, Here, I don't want to talk too much about officials, but here's my thing. NFL officials right now are the most sensitive, the most softest group of officials in professional sports. Plain and simple. They want to complain about coaches complaining about them, yet they can openly admit that they missed a call and there's no consequence for it. 
I'm sorry. That is ridiculous. These guys are half-time. Well, they say they're full-time officials. But a lot of these guys, Pete Morelli is a principal at a high school. So to be honest with you, these guys do some other things on the side. But overall, I feel like we have a discrepancy in the NFL where there are a lot of referees that have personal stakes in the game. There's an emotional investment inside the game. So uh, Periscope listeners, continue to fire away with your questions. My man EP Bronco says, why won't they play Walker on defense? Well, Zach Kerr didn't play very well against the Rams this week. Shane Ray, he's got an injury, a high ankle sprain. He's not going to play on Thursday night against the Cardinals. The Broncos at this point, Ron Leary, they have to place him on injured reserve. I think the Broncos need to activate Jeff Holland from the practice squad. I think that is a move that the Broncos need to make happen this week. Jeff Holland can contribute to this Broncos as an edge guy, defensive end, or even as a three technique or a two technique. I think there's a lot of things the Broncos could do to maybe get a little bit of energy there. I I talked about it earlier that the Broncos defensive line, they're striking, but they're not maintaining gap integrity. They're allowing guys to creep through. The inside linebackers are not feeling they're getting caught on guards coming up to the second level. They're not striking. They're not getting off that block. That is killing the Broncos in the run game. They're getting caught on the outside too in terms of contain. That's the kind of gamble you take when you have a pass rusher on the outside and you try to get him to the quarterback. We saw it with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, we saw it with Isaiah Crowell. We saw it with Bilal Powell. The Broncos have to do a better job of this, especially going up against a guy like David Johnson. There's a lot of things the Broncos have to do differently in terms of their approach. Now, I'm surprised here on this you know, this Periscope broadcast, we have yet to be asked about coaching. We have yet to be asked about maybe the possibility. Would we see a coaching change if the Broncos come out and they lose this game? I don't know. Let's see. So Periscope listeners, fire away a few questions regarding what the Broncos may do before the bye week. You know, some good news. Sua Cravens will be back in two weeks against the Houston Texans. Huge news for the Broncos there. He could provide a boost that they most desperately need on defense. Jordan Taylor as well. I, I don't know how much Jordan Taylor is going to be outside of a special teams guy coming off double hip surgery. Um, so let's take to, to Periscope. It says, EP Bronco, if we lose, do you think we'll see Chad Kelly? No, I don't think you will see Chad Kelly this entire year of two, of 2018 unless the Case Keenum gets hurt. I think that's you're not going to see that. And I'll explain why. I would think Woods goes if we get torched. So on the Chad Kelly thing, and then I'll get to the Joe Woods part. If Chad Kelly plays this year, it's because Case Keenum gets hurt. The Broncos at this point have so much money invested in Case Keenum, they are not going to bench him in year number one now next year let's say let's say case keenum struggles continue the broncos have an easy out after year two so that's something you gotta you know you gotta look at there in terms of joe woods i think he might be the scapegoat to be honest with you i think joe woods might be the scapegoat in this situation i've got some inside sources down there in the broncos i can't tell you exactly what we talked about but overall vance joseph against the rams called a lot of plays he got plays in quicker there's been a disconnect, it appears, when you watch the game, you see the confusion. I, I think that Vance Joseph, I don't like talking bad about coaches because I coach football. You know, I think it's ironic that I have to sit up here and talk about coaches, but it's part of my job. It's part of the media's job. I hate that. I don't. I never want a guy to get fired. I never want a guy to lose his job because if he's in coaching, he's passionate about football. He's passionate about working with athletes. I'm the same way. So for me to sit up here and talk about a guy getting fired, I, I don't like it. It's not who I am, but I have to. If the Broncos are not performing, if they get embarrassed in this game on Thursday against the Cardinals, I could 
see a change being made. Either defensive coordinator, we saw it happen this week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers got rid of Mike Smith, the highest paid D coordinator in the league. They got rid of him this week. Joe Woods, that could set a domino effect. If the Broncos defense continues to struggle, I think Joe Woods is an easy scapegoat. Who are you going to bring in to call the defense though? Who's going to take over play calling duties the rest of the way? Is it going to be Reggie Herring? It could be. But other than that, don't be surprised if that does happen. If it's Vance Joseph calling place for the Broncos defense the rest of the year, and I know Broncos fans aren't very happy about that. Um, with Chad Kelly, Chad Kelly's got to have more time. I know a lot of people are calling for Chad Kelly, so on and so forth. Kevin, my man, Kevin Masari, host of Lockdown Bills. Will you guys trade a receiver? Um, you know what? I might trade you uh, Sunshine Jordan Taylor. We might do that. Um, white boy Rasta, I was high on Joe Woods, so it sucks this is even a topic. Absolutely. I like Joe Woods. I, I've, I've had a conversation with Joe Woods during training camp, and just the way he philosophizes the defense, this, the philosophy he has overall as a D coordinator is great. But it's all about execution. Now, we know this in the National Football League. I think, though, however, deficiencies as a D coordinator, when your D line is giving up big runs, your linebackers aren't getting off, they're not filling, they're not as effective as they have been in years past, and your secondary is going through some growth. Growing pains, lack of depth, Roby playing really off. He's inconsistent. He's up and down in a contract year. It puts a lot of pressure on a D coordinator. And I think he's an easy scapegoat to be let go, unfortunately. And the, the business model that is the NFL, he's a scapegoat. Um, I can agree with EP Bronco on this too. Getting rid of Wade Phillips was the worst decision that was ever made. I absolutely agree with you. Nothing against Joe Woods. Joe Woods is a great DB coach. I love the Broncos cornerbacks coach they have right now. Greg Williams, he's doing a lot with as little as he has in terms of depth. Pac-Man Jones being out. You get Tremaine Brock back this week. He loves Isaac Adam. Isaac Adam is going to be very impressive. I love Isaac Adam, and so does the Broncos coaching staff. So there's a lot of faith there. He's learning by trial by fire. Um, but yeah, you know, ultimately, I think overall, the culture of the team falls on the head coach. I think it falls on Vance Joseph, because at the end of the day, as a head coach, when when your team's not winning, and there's a culture where it appears, there's frustration from the players in the locker room, there's a bunch of other things going on, it creates this little animosity. The Broncos had a divide last year between the offense and the defense with the keep to leave in them, and then you kind of sense that being the case right now you know guys you know Derek Wolf says I don't know what's going on we got fans being ruthless and unfair talking smack to the players you know I, I don't think that's right but yeah Yadam has a bright future Simmons has a bright future as well Justin Simmons this year though is really struggling in pass coverage he's struggling and coming up and making a tackle in the run game so he's got to do a better job there should we target a quarterback in the draft we'll take a couple more questions but yeah I'll answer this one uh I, I like Justin Herbert I love Justin Herbert. I'm an Oregon Duck guy, but Justin Herbert in this year's NFL draft looks like the best quarterback out there. Plain and simple. Love Herbert. Um, you know, like I said, I posted it out on Twitter. I wouldn't be surprised if Herbert stays another year, though. I know he's got the chance to make millions of dollars. Absolutely, that's very appealing. But also, family for Justin Herbert's very important. My old high school coach coaches. Justin Herbert's brother, Patrick, who is committed to be a tight end at Oregon. So the opportunity to maybe to play one season with your brother who would start right away. I think there's no competition. I think he would start a tight end. The Herbert to Herbert connection might be something we might see. So don't be surprised if he decides to stay. But also at the same time, he may declare, you know, the opportunity to make millions of dollars this year. Very good quarterback class coming into the NFL draft possibly next year as well. So you have to factor in, you know, there's some teams right now that need a quarterback. I think the Giants, if Herbert was on the table, the Broncos didn't have good positioning the Giants would grab him in a heartbeat so I don't know it, it really 
really, really depends. You know, I, I might have to work my magic with my old coach and convince him to uh, do whatever he can to stay another year. I don't know. I Who knows? Maybe more quarterback options are likely the Broncos could pick him up. So uh, there's a lot of options there. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'll take one more question here, and then we will call it an episode of Lockdown Broncos. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be previewing the Cardinals game on Thursday, and then on Thursday you're going to have a pregame show on Lockdown Broncos leading you up in the kickoff. It's going to be a fun game. The Broncos got to really turn it around. This is a big test for them on the road against Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald, you know, Josh Rosen, a guy the Broncos could have had in the draft this year. So there, David Johnson, who lines up a lot in the slot and in the run game, he's very powerful. So the Broncos have to do a lot of things this week. They have to defensively get off the field on third down, stop the run. Offensively, they have to convert. They can't turn the ball over and they have to get points. They can't shoot themselves in the foot. Thursday game prediction. I say Broncos by a field goal. Broncos on the last second field goal, a low-scoring game, defensive battle. I think that's what it's going to be. I think Greer's a good quarterback, too. I think Herbert's a little bit better than him, though. So, we, you know, we'll continue to see. Uh, we'll get into more draft talk once the offseason happens, kind of place our, our rankings on quarterbacks, running backs, position groups as well. But that'll do it here for another episode of Lockdown Broncos. want to thank our sponsors of tonight's show, MyBookie and Blue Chew, for sponsoring the Lockdown Broncos podcast. want to thank all the listeners that tune in every single day to Lockdown Broncos. This means old listeners and new listeners. We appreciate you guys. Check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group page as well. We have the Lockdown Broncos page on Facebook. Within that, there's a group page you can join. I encourage you to join that. Jump into the discussion as well. Uh, We've been really delayed on the contest giveaway. Just some stuff that's come up. I promise you next month in November, we're going to give it away for Thanksgiving and also Christmas. We're going to give away some stuff for the Lockdown Broncos contest giveaway for the listeners. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Cody work NFL. I'll follow you back. If I'm not following you back, just say something. I like following you guys. I like talking football. And we'll be back for another episode of Lockdown Broncos once again tomorrow. I'm your host, Cody Work. We'll see you then.